Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Maybe seated this morning, uh, for you, if you want to be a guest this morning, let me catch you up on where our church is at. Our church is in a season where we are still looking for who our next senior pastor is going to be, and our pulpit committee has been doing a wonderful job being able to go through different folks and find out who our next pastor is going to be, and Lord willing, sometime this year we'll be able to find that answer out. So over the last several months, we've had great people fill the pulpit here at Open Bible. We've had the staff, and we've had people from all over the place come. This morning, uh, Tyler Austin, one of our pastors, is going to come and bring us a message, and so let's get our Bibles ready, and let's be attentive as we listen to the Word of God together this morning. All right, good morning. Good to see each and every one of you this morning. Take your Bible and turn to the New Testament, the seventh book of the New Testament, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, if you find your place there, and if you're physically able, out of respect for the Word of God, I'd ask that you don't mind standing, just out of respect for the Word of God. 1 Corinthians, what chapter? Chapter 3. 1 Corinthians, chapter 3. It's always a privilege and and a great opportunity to ever open up the Word of God. I take it very seriously. And the Bible says, I will not preach and myself be a castaway. It's very important that what is preached and what is looked at in the Word of God, that first I have to preach it to myself. And so the Lord has been working in my heart in this area, and I pray that He'll also be a help to you today. Today's an exciting day. I'm so thankful for this church because uh, today marks the start of our ninth year as a family. And uh, it was a cold January day, and we moved in, and uh, we had four children, and now we have five, and, and these kind of things. So we've grown physically, we've grown spiritually, I, I pray and I believe. Um, and I thank you for your kindness and your love, and just, uh, just really been outstanding, allowing us to serve together. We're serving together, and uh, being able to serve the Lord, and I'm just so thankful for that. And uh, it's just a great blessing, so it's a, a joy to be at Open Bible. Cannot believe it's been that long already. But uh, you look at my kids, you can tell they're growing and continue to grow. And uh, prayerfully, uh, we're growing all spiritually. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Are we ready to grow? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, if you would. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you'd use me. Lord, I pray that I'd be completely dead to myself. I do not want to be seen as men, as a man or, or even of men in the flesh. I want to walk in the Spirit. And Lord, I've asked you for this many times. And even over this passage of Scripture, I pray that you would use it to speak to me once again. Show me even more from the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you will show us all what we need exactly. I don't know all the needs here, but you do. And Lord, you are a need meter, a need maker. And Lord, I pray that you will fulfill all the needs that we we have. Lord, according to your will, we ask this. 
Please use me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In the times that the Lord has allowed me to speak, God has directed me to 1 Corinthians. And that's why we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if I may, it's probably one of the most detailed and practical teachings for the church, for the New Testament church, and for our current day. I believe this, that actually this passage of Scripture and even the books of Corinthians more than likely resonate more with us today in 2022, more so even than in 1622 or in 1822 or in 1922, because this is where we live. This is where we find ourselves in the world that we live in, not just the church, but the church in the world that we live in. If you haven't seen someone in a little while, you often say to them, wow, you have really grown up. Wow, you you have have really maybe even grown up fast, or you look like a young adult or a young lady. And growth is good and exciting, and growth is wonderful. Physically, numerically, it all takes place spiritually. If we are spiritually growing, then the other two take care of themselves. Do you remember as a kid, maybe you had a parent that maybe marked on the wall how you were growing and marked that based upon the age or based upon the date? And they marked and they continue to mark. And at some point as a child, as you go go into preteen and then teenager, and at some point you reach your state of growth and the marks hopefully are not still on continuing on the wall as an adult. Because what would you say? Well, you reached the growth. You matured. Paul is starting off this chapter in a way that you would really not. And quite frankly, I've I've prayed heavily about this because we just find ourselves in this chapter today. And I believe it's ordained by God as I sat in Sunday school this morning. Some things were mentioned. Are we surviving or thriving? And, And then I thought, man, I'm preaching on ready to grow. The Lord has it all orchestrated. Has it all worked out? I'm just happy to be a part of what God is already doing and what God's will is and and what God wants for my life or your life. What is it exactly? Well, Paul is starting off this chapter in in a way that you would not normally think of as a message or a sermon. You want to hear the message? It's, brethren, could not speak to you. Cannot speak to you. And I cannot even speak to you as unto spiritual but unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. In other words, you are still babies. You're you're still in the infant stage, and you should not be. In verse 2 it says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Paul is giving quite the direct message. He's saying, I cannot speak to you because you're still in a baby stage. You're still as an infant, and... There's no problem with that as a young Christian because I, I, I did feed you with milk at that time, and, but now you're, you're to be an adult and you're, you're to be growing and, and we get into the new year and re- resolutions are being made and, and we're saying, man, what am I going to do with this year? I want to ask you this question as we start off this morning. Will more time be given to the things of the world and the things of the flesh and the carnal as opposed to the spiritual? 
Because if we want to grow, we got to get more time into the spiritual things of God, into what God has for us. And so more time will be given to the carnal or to spiritual. And that's what I have to ask myself this question. John Piper said, it's a very serious act of treason when you love other things more than you love God. It's actually a betrayal to God Himself. Though the neat thing about this passage is it gives us a glimpse into the desire that Paul has for the congregation and for the church and for the brethren and for the believers and for the saved and and for the ones who had called themselves Christians. And the desire was that they would grow. What a great desire he had for them. So much so, he says, I I, I see things, I I want things, and there's things that I desire for you and for for me. and, and, And I, brethren... And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as spiritual. I want you to grow. I, I have desire for you. Second uh, Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Timbo glory both now and forever. You know that where our level of grace is is where it stops with someone. You know, our, our growing in knowledge of Jesus Christ is where we left off. And, and so I want to ask you this morning as we get into the Word of God and we're going to go down through these verses and, and allow the Word of God to speak to us, how much of the Word of God do you want this year? We're only on the second Sunday of this year. Are you in more of the Word of God this year than last? You say, well, that's a, that's a whole year. How much of the Word of God do you want? Are you listening to the Word of God? Are you, are you reading the Word of God yourself? Are you studying the Word of God? Are you memorizing the Word of God? Are you meditating on the Word of God? Are, are you being a doer of the Word? How teachable are we letting the Word of God speak to us? I want to ask you, do you, do you still enjoy reading the Word of God? I want to ask you, do you, do you want God to tell you more things to apply to your life? Are you growing? Are are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to grow? Are we looking to God for the answers in the answer book? Psalm 86 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. You know, when you're growing, you've got to be intentional about it, and spiritual growth doesn't happen by accident. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be determined to to have nothing Absolutely nothing stop us from growing spiritually. I have not arrived. I I have have not gotten to a level where the marks quit and and, and don't continue on the wall. Maybe physically, but spiritually I need to continue to grow and I need to keep on being intentional about my growth. How much do I want of God's Word? How much I want of God's Word is determined by how much I'm in it. How much I want to live it. How much I want to apply it. Philippians 3 says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend, lay hold of, obtain, possess, own it, own it, take it. For that which I also am apprehended, God has, has already taken us and owned us of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this to you. 
See, spiritual growth is vital to our spiritual health and well-being. I have yet, I have yet to meet a child that does not want to grow. Even Jesus Christ, he said, he increased in wisdom and in stature. And the grace of God was upon him. He wa- and as a child, he, he grew and he waxed strong in spirit. And he was filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And at some point, you know, it becomes obvious that the child is not growing. But at what point does it become obvious that as adults we're not growing? And so I have to ask myself, and I would ask that you ask your own self as you sit there this morning, am I growing? Am I ready to grow? It's a new year. New resolutions, new, new, new beginnings, new things. And, and you know, the thing of it is that we're making, we're making all kinds of, of, um, of things that, that uh, are, are resolutions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to determine in my heart to do this. What about the diet of the bread of life? What about the honey from the Word of God? What about the lamp that is to our feet? And, you know, Paul, it's interesting, I find this very interesting. It actually amazed me. And, after he wrote this in, in chapter 3, this was only an 18-month period of time that went by. Only 18 months from when he gave them as a baby in Christ, as a new Christian, as a new believer, I fed you with milk, and now I'm expecting you to be an adult. I'm expecting you to make it from, from, from childhood and from infancy to adulthood now and to grow and to mature in such a way that I, I, I expect some spiritual things to be taking place in your life. And only 18 months. See, what we don't use, we lose. And James it says, But whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a, for, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know, nothing causes us to ignore God's truth more than not living in it. See, when I place it aside and say, ah, I'm going to go my own way and do my own thing, I have ignored I am, I am farther away from God's Word. I am farther away from God. I have ignored. I'm not close to it. I'm not digging deep into it and, and mining His treasures and, and finding that it's a... Man, this is a treasure field. Wow, this has got some amazing treasures. And I better get the metal detector, if I may, out and see that, man, there's gold. Man, there's silver. Man, there's some eternal things that come out and that pop out. It's not wood, hay, and stubble. No, this is, this is something that's going to last forever. It says, Thy word endureth forever. It is, it is able to take root and to get deep into my soul and to help me grow and to go somewhere with God. Man, that's what I want for this year. Man, I pray that's what you want for this year. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, When that which is perfect has come, then that which is part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What Paul is saying here, man, I... I gave you milk, and I'm ready to not just let you continue to sip on a bottle. I, 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 don't want you to, I want you to bite into something. I want you to get into something deep. I want you to find yourself. Would you find yourself as well in 1 Corinthians 2? 1 Corinthians uh, 2, look, look at verse 9 and 10. It says, As it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Notice, please, 
but God hath revealed unto them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all the things, yea, the deep things of God. Do you and I really want to go deeper? Do you and I really desire more than anything the Word of God? Paul is writing this out of deep love. He says, And I, brethren, Paul actually spent more time corresponding with the church of Corinth than any other church that he writes to. Would you notice, please, he says, not only brethren, but also in chapter 1, you would find the church of God. You find the saints. You find sanctified. You find grace and peace. You find thank God for you. And he says, God, thank you for the Corinthians. Please turn to 1 Corinthians 16 as he finishes out this letter. And notice how he addresses these people. This is out of love and out of care and out of concern. This is out of investment into their life. He's poured his life into these people. He's seen the joy of seeing new converts. He's seen souls come to Christ, but he knows they need even more. And he says the salutation, verse 21, chapter 16, the salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand. And if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, marnatha, which is separate. Judgment's coming. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, though, he says. Notice verse 24. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. This is how he's talking. This is his kindness, his love, his care. This is what he's saying. And then in chapter 3, he's saying, And I, brethren, I want to speak to you as unto spiritual. I want you to dig into something deeper. I want you to be able to bite into something. And it, he really goes into going into some things that, that show in verse 3 where you're biting, where you're chewing, what you're eating, what you're taking in, and, and whether it is the Word of God that you're feeding off of, and, and whether you are as sweet as honey, and oh, taste and see the Lord is good, and man, blessed is the man that trusts in Him. Or are you biting into someone, or are you biting into something. There's a big difference. In 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that's how you grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Ephesians 4, it says, in verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the sight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speak the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. You know what Paul knows and what he sees? Is that the true growth only happens, this is the one point I have for you today, true growth only happens through devotion to God. Number one, and it's, it's the only one, 
that I'm going to really, hopefully, prayerfully, you might want to write that down. I would encourage you to do so, and I want to leave you with this today, and that you take this with you today. You know, if I'm going to grow, it takes me being devoted to God. Not worried about someone else, not worried about something else, not, not, not biting into someone, but biting into something and, and taking and making sure that the Word of God is going to really penetrate to my heart. And this is for me. This is, this is not for me to, to talk about to, with, to other, someone else and say, this is for you. No, this is for me. And then I'm able to say, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about Jesus Christ. And so I want to know more about God. I love God. I, 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 I want to love Him with all my heart, my soul, my body, my mind. Well, then let me ask you this morning, how much were you in God's Word, the love letter, this week? Let me ask you this morning, are you determined by God's grace and by His help that you're going to be in His Word more this year than last year? It's a great time to start off with a Bible reading program. It's a great time to really dig deep into God's Word. And now you're going to find some treasures and it's going to become exciting to you again. Is it dull? Is it boring to you? Is it not good enough to apply to our lives? I believe it is. As a matter of fact, I believe we didn't get back to the question of what does the Bible say in everything, in every way? Because if God's answer for me for salvation is found in here, then God's answer for me for sanctification is found in here. God's answer for my, how I live my life is found in here. And so if I really believe this is the answer, then I don't want to leave the answer alone and just leave it and ignore it. No, I want to make sure I'm in it, and so I want to dig deep into God's Word, and I want to grow. Oh, are you ready to grow? Am I ready to grow? Base it on how much you're in the Word of God. Devotion is love, loyalty, enthusiasm, activity, cause, faithfulness. Devotion, we see it all the time on display. The military men and women, they're devoted to our country. Thank God that they are. The parent that's devoted to their child and for their needs, no matter how great the needs become, those who have been devoted to God for a long period of time and they're faithful and they're the saints that are in this room today that, that should be respected and recognized and said, hey, they're the ones who have been faithful to God and I respect that. And that's where I want to go and that's how I want to get there. And it's because more than likely they have found themselves in the privacy of their own closet, in the privacy of their own room, opening up the Word of God, having time with God and being devoted to God. There's something to be said about that. There's a spouse that still loves the one who is ill and all the way to their last day on earth and, and the life on this earth. The story is told of devotion from a doctor at a little clinic at 8.15 on a Tuesday morning. An old man in his 80s walked into the clinic and he wanted to get some stitches removed. And he'd received them a few days before and he knew he was going to be able to get them removed and so it was a busy morning and he he was uh, able to go into the clinic and then he was asked to sit down you know in the, in the lovely waiting room that you wait and you wait and wait and now it's you know the line as you get tested but the doctor told him you're gonna have to wait there and he said well I'm, I'm very much in a rush and and it's very important that I make an engagement this this morning it's at 9 a.m and I was told to come here at 8 and 8 15 and I'm here and 
And the doctor said, well, you're going to have to sit there. I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to wait a little bit. There's a few in front of you. And, and then the doctor started noticing that he kept on checking his watch, and he kept on looking at his watch, and he kept on seeing that he's really concerned about making another engagement, and he must have another appointment that he's got to make. And, and the doctor came to him and said, you know, your doctor is busy, but I'm going to bring you in, and we'll, we'll take care of you and help those stitches. But why, why are you so anxious? Why are you so concerned? What engagement do you have? And well, I just want to make sure I, I get breakfast with my wife. And, oh, does your, does your wife have, have some other appointments? And, no, she's in the hospital. Well, how long has she been there? Well, she's been there for a few years now. A few years. And she has Alzheimer's, and she needs constant care. And the doctor went on to ask, well, will your wife be worried if you don't make it by nine and, and make your appointment and, and have breakfast with her? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, she won't. She never will. She hasn't recognized me for over five years. And the doctor paused and said, well, then you go to her every morning. And she doesn't know who you are. And yet you continue to go to her and you've done that for the last five years, yes? And the man smiled and he said, she might not know who I am, but I know who she is. And I remember for both of us. May I tell you this morning, God knows who we are. Everything about us. He loves us and He is devoted to us. Through the muck, through the mire, through the mess, he makes a message. Through the difficulty, through the pain, through the challenge, through life itself. And God's devotion ought to compel us to be devoted to him. I mean, he gave his life, people. Dear people, dear brethren, if I may, let's go spiritual. Let's get into the Lord more. Let's get into his word more because he's devoted to us. Why can I not be devoted to Him? Oh, I should be. I, I can be. Matter of fact, it should compel me to be more devoted to Him. And Paul knew God's devotion to him, and he knew it, and he knew that God had so much more in plan, so much more in store, and God is devoted to him. And so to be devoted to God, no problem. No problem. None whatsoever. My devotion should become actually very natural to God because verse 21 and verse 22, would you notice please, of chapter 3. This is wonderful. This is really amazing what is said here. Chapter 3 of verse, and verse 20, 21, it says, And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men. May you want to underline this, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. Well, that's good. That is so good. Paul is saying, man, what God has in store for, for those who love him. Man, what God has in store, all things are available. You know what happens? We settle for so much less when we're devoted to our own flesh, 
to men, to men's ways, rather than God. Because Ephesians says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit to the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by the faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages without end. 1 Corinthians 3. Why is Paul not able to speak to them spiritual? What is the dilemma? What is the holdup? What's holding up progress? Why are they not able to now grow? How come he says, I can't even speak to you? You're not, you're not able. And it's, uh, you're not able to take it. And what's holding it up? What's not allowing for it? They're devoted to walking as men. They're going about the human way, human senses, human emotions. If I may, they love their fleshly baby bottle and their baby ways more than the adult mature ways of God. Verse 3, it says, Are ye not carnal? And walk as men, question mark. Why are you settling for flesh? The devotion to flesh and men shows up. Notice, please, it says in verse 3, For ye are carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? Envy. Envy. It's to deprive someone of what they have. It's to want the same thing for yourself and do whatever it takes to get it or to keep it from happening for someone else. It's a robber of someone else's blessing. You'd rather have it for you. You'd rather have it your way. And they can take the highway. Wait a second. God says envy shows up because we're not caring about the devotion to our God and our love for others then comes out and so it's edifying of one another and the envy is, is to rob a blessing, it's a past blessing, it's a present blessing, it's a future blessing, it's a thief of what is good in someone else's life for your own good. Strife, it's self-promoting, it's backbiting, it's slandering, it's gossiping. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 26, 20, Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. What does the Bible say? Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. You know why we deal with, or how we deal with things on earth reveals our relationship with Christ. Envy and strife and division shows evidence of carnality. You can call it the carnal carnival. The carnal carnival. Carnivals are fun to go to, but man, you go there and you see all the lights and you see all the booths and you see all the toys and all the trinkets and all the things that you can win. You can win. Come here and play my game. You can win if you play this game and you spend dollar after dollar after dollar and you end up with the huge big stuffed animal and you get to walk around, look at me with my big huge stuffed animal as I walk around the carnival 
and look at me, what I won. I bet you want to know what game and where I won it and how I won it, but I won it. I might have paid $50 for it. <laughs> and I got taken. And this is exactly what the word carnal means. See, the problem with the carnival and carnal and carnality is you're missing out on everything else that, could, that God can give to you because you spent all your dollars and you find out that a huge stuffed animal only costs them pennies. Make no provision for the flesh. Make not provision for the flesh in Romans 13, 14. Can I tell you, it's always better. It's going to always be better. It will always be better, no matter what comes to our life, if we have a walk with God. Not walk as men, do as everyone else says and everyone else is doing, but walk with God. You say, you don't understand what's going on in my life. I, I will say this, you're exactly right. But I will say that the Word of God has the answer for it. And a walk with God will help you. There is no way that it can hurt you. There is no way it can do anything but bring solution to your problem. There is no way that it can because our devotion, if it's to flesh, then it's going to bring flesh. But if mature Christians, they don't envy anybody. Mature Christians, they don't strive with anybody. They live peaceably with all men. They're after peace and the things with edify because a mature Christian knows that, man, I want to be devoted to God, and God is devoted to them. Yes, to them. God is devoted to me, and God is devoted to all of us. Praise God for His devotion to us. My, how I can be devoted to Him this year. May we do that. May God help us. Would you please turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, it says, verse 15, and Please notice as we read down through this how important it is of our walk. But if ye bite, Galatians chapter 5, verse 15, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is what the flesh looks like. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary. They're against each other, one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife. Seems like we saw that word somewhere else. Seditions, heresies, envies. There it is. There's another word again. Murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, and such like. That, that, that covers everything else. And of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Wow, what a difference. Joy might bring happiness. Yeah, it does. Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ... All things are yours. You are Christ. 
all things for you. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. You know, if we walk in the Spirit, it's because we're walking with what the Word of God has given to us. And we are Christ. Christ is ours. We call ourselves a Christian, which is a little Christ, an example of Christ. My dear friend, we must get back to asking, what does not only the Bible say, but how can I do my best to apply what God is saying to us in the Word of God? Because it's expected that a babe in Christ be a follower of men and not of Christ all the way and not a mature believer. It's expected that a babe in Christ struggles to be faithful but not a mature believer. It's expected that babies have to cling to someone that they can see and, 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 and are in the, you know, in the bundle or, or, or being held or or every, every need be taken care of for them. It's expected that a baby be that way, but a mature believer knows that, you know, faith is evidence of things not seen. It's expected that a baby in Christ would be unsettled in their attitude and have a temper tantrum, and, but not a mature believer. It's expected that a baby in Christ gets their feelings hurt and get out of sorts and their emotions are all over the place, but not a mature believer. Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing... Nothing shall offend them. I guess it's, best, it's based back on how much we love God's Word. Because what is the difference? What is mature? What is immature? It is their devotion to Christ that must come into play. And so in 1 Corinthians 3, would you notice please back with me in verse 1, it says, in Christ, even as in the babes, in Christ. Verse 5, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Verse 6, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth anything, but God that giveth the increase. Verse 8, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own Labor, that's with God, because notice verse 9, we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, in other words, God's field. Ye are God's building. Verse 10, according to what? The grace of God, which is given unto me. Can I tell you this morning, we have a monster in our presence. And we need to deal with it. And the monster happens to be living inside of each one of us. And it is the flesh. It is called the flesh. It is named the flesh. And it wants to be recognized. It wants to be applauded. It wants to be looked at. It wants to be approved. And it's a rival. It's an enemy. And we need to deal with it because it's an enemy against our God. And I want it. And you want it. And it raises its ugly head all the time. But it's a rival against an almighty God. And we need to make sure that we, Romans 13, it said, make no provision for the flesh. Don't glory in the flesh. 
but no man glory in man. No flesh should glory in his presence, 1 Corinthians 1.29. 1 Corinthians 3.21. Galatians 3 says, If a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives his own self. D.L. Moody said, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. And I don't know about you, and maybe I'm the only one in this room, but there's a tendency to think really highly of myself. And I think really well, and I can get really full of myself. And I think you can get really full of yourself as well, if we're honest. And we're honest with each other. we got to be so careful that we are not going the fleshly way because flesh indulgence brings flesh. Flesh appetite brings flesh emptiness. Spirit indulgence brings spiritualness. Spirit filling brings spirit walking and life. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. You know, flesh manifests itself in carnality. Why are you walking as men? That's what Paul says. And then it turns to a worship of men. So we walk as men, and then we worship men. Right now, if I told you, and as soon as I say this, I think I'm going to get some people to look, that LeBron James is here. And if you know who LeBron James is, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he sitting? And as, and as soon as, as soon as you knew that, oh man, hurry up, get done, because I want to get his autograph. And I don't care, maybe I'll just have him sign my Bible, because that's the only paper I have. It wouldn't matter. You, and then, then what would happen is, did you hear? Did you hear LeBron? King James showed up, and we had our King James Bibles out. That's, che- that's cheesy. It's all get out. <laughs> and here's the thing. Yes, thank you. I, it was on purpose being cheesy. I can be on purpose cheesy and on purpose serious. My point is this. We are hero worshipers, naturally. But you know what? LeBron James is no more important than Joe Seltzer over there. Joe Seltzer is no more important than LeBron James. They're both going to have to stand before God. And, and, and here's the thing, they're both sinners. And they're going to have to come to Christ. And if they haven't come to Christ, they're going to have to come to Christ. I mean, yeah, Joe Seltzer is not as good a basketball player as LeBron James. But here's the thing, that doesn't make him more special. But we worship the ground that he would walk on or the pew that he would sit in or, or that he attended our church. Did you hear that he came to open Bible? He was here at Open Bible this, this last Sunday. Yeah, he comes to our church. Only had to show up one time, but he comes to our church. <laughs> There's somebody greater who can, and he says he does show up with us, and that's God, and yet we would go talk to the whole world about LeBron James being here. But how, how much would we talk about Jesus this week to other people? See, this is where our devotion really hits the fan. This is where our devotion really comes back to walking as men and then the worship of men. And, and woo, wow, man, look how tall he is. Look how, how muscular he is. Look how, look how wonderful he is. Well, yeah, this is exactly what you find in 1 Corinthians 3, 
while one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Well, then, it must be who's doing the work. Well, the Bible says, and what does the Bible say? The Bible says, who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers? By whom you believed, yeah, you, tr- you trusted in Christ, but the Lord gave to every man. And, and so, well, but I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about God. And so when it comes down to it, it's, it's for God. It's about God. It's to be done because of my love for God, and I'm devoted to God. And so each one of us can, yeah, plant and water, but, and we need to do our part of that. But Paul is saying, hey, I, you can plow the earth and, and, and put, put all that in and invest into people, but Paul didn't make the earth. Apollos can, can water the earth a little, but he, he never made the earth or the water. Paul and Apollos, they can work together, and they've sown a great deal of seed together, but they didn't make the seed. They didn't even provide the strength to put the seed in and to even sow it, even if it's a cast. And, and, and to pray that, that something happens with it, and then it grows and something takes place. It all comes from God. He's the gardener. He's the creator. He's the owner. It's God's truth. It's God's wisdom. It's God's light. It's God's world. It's God's church. It's God's way. It's God's infinite goodness. Hey, Paul, you're the missionary. You started the church. You, you've been here long. You, you, you did something, man. We're so thankful for that. Praise God for that. But it's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos where he held meetings and he preached and he built up the saints and and he appealed to the younger and what have you, whatever you want to put in the blank. It's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. Who are those guys? Who then is those guys? They're but ministers. And it's all about God. God who will only give the increase. God who is only, it's not whose side you're on. Notice verse 7 and 9, it says, So then neither is he that planteth anything. Verse 8, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Verse 9, we are laborers together. It's all about God. It's not about men, it's but God. You know, baby Christians get tripped up on looking at men, personalities. Who do you like? Who do you not like? They choose this side and that side. And they're constantly going from side to side, bouncing around. And so they're being held here and then held up here and diaper changed here. And stinky, oh, give them back. Colossians 1.18, this is what it comes down to, church. And I close with this this morning. Right after we got here, I, I asked my wife, baby, would you, would you put part of this verse on, on my office wall? This is my desire. This is, I don't know what God's going to do with us. I don't know whether God's going to use us and how great He'll use us and but I know, I know where to be here. I know God called us to be here. And, and this is what I, I'd love to see take place. And, and God, with your help and with your strength, and been through some testing and been through some fire and been through some challenge, and been through some rejoicing and been through some discipleship with folks and been some exciting moments. And there's been some growth take place. And man, it's exciting to see growth take place. But this is all that it comes down to. This is all that matters. I didn't know that back then. And I still want to know this now and I still want to be reminded of this so every time I walk in my office there it is on the wall and matter of fact there's one word that actually is a little bit bigger than every other word on on that on that wall and it says Colossians 118 
And maybe if you would turn there, I'd greatly appreciate that. Colossians 1.18. This is the question that we have to ask ourselves because this is really, are we ready to grow? Are we ready to grow? Not talking about physically, not talking about numerically, not talking about the finances, not talking about the offering, how good is it? No, 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 no. I'm talking about spiritually because those things take care of themselves when we are spiritually growing. Colossians 1.18. Do you notice it says that in all things, He, He might have preeminence. Not me, but He. Big difference. Here's the difference. Flesh, spiritual. Spiritual, flesh. Fight going on. Which one am I going to feed? Which one am I going to be devoted to? Am I going to be devoted to God? And, and Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And, but by the grace of God, and, and anything that has been done for any good, it's, it's just because of God. It's, it's all God. It doesn't matter about you and about me. It's not about I planted and I watered and, I, and this is all happening. It's God that gives the increase at all completely. He wants us to plant. He wants us to water. But in all things, He might have preeminence. So Dave Brown, this morning, can I ask you a question? What, who do you want to have preeminence in your life and in this church's life, and, and in your, your personal life, who do you want that to be? He said God. Brother Bob Pinn, I'm sorry to call you out, but who do you want to have preeminence this morning, and in your life, and in, and in this church's life? God. We're on common ground. There's no division. There's unity, because I happen to want the same, same one to have preeminence, and you more than likely, and you more than likely, and you more than likely, and you more than likely. And so we're, we're not able to have division. That's actually unified. That's actually bringing us together tighter because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about anyone else. It's all about God. And so that in all things, He might have preeminence. And dear church, we better get back to this real fast, real quick, because this is all that matters. This is all that matters, that He has all preeminence this year in my life, in your life, in everyone's life. If you have that desire, then you're going to get devoted to God. And you're going to find yourself in the Word of God, and you'll say, what does the Bible say about that? Well, I'm going to do this my best to, to live not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. You cannot say, and I cannot say, I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm walking the walk in the Spirit if I'm not in the Word of God and not willing to live the Word of God. That is the difference between maturity and immaturity. That is the difference between what Paul is saying. Hey, I have some things I want to give to you. There's so much more as you see the day approaching. We really have quite the opportunity given to us where God's fellow workers... We're God's field. We're God's building. We belong to God. And He chooses to use any of us. We're but ministers. And the more you and I realize we're just a vessel. We're just a vessel. Pour in, pour out. Fill up, empty out. And the most mature people tend to be the most humble. Because they say, God, I can't do it. Without you, God, I need you. And God, 
If you want to take my life, take it. If you, you want to live, have me live another day, let me live it. And if you're going to allow me to live it, I'm going to plant and I'm going to water. And I'm going to keep on tr trying to do my part because you chose me as a vessel, but you're the one who's going to give the increase and that's all I can do because God, it's all about you that in all things you might have preeminence. And so the question when it's asked, as long as Jesus is getting preeminence, there's no division. See, men at their best are sinners at best. There's no superstars with God. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, but there's no superstars with God. God's the only one who deserves glory. He doesn't share it. He doesn't have you wanting, no, no, no flesh should glory in His presence. No men, no, none of it. So this is what we've got to come back to. We are Christ. All things are ours. God has given us everything we need right in the Word of God. What does the Bible say? Such a simple question, but it's going to take being devoted to God. I asked you this morning, are you ready to grow? Are you devoted to God? Are you spiritually feeding on His Word? You want to get around it every chance you can get, or you, you want to skip out? You want to, you want to grow spiritually? We've got to confess the sin of carnality. You want to just walk as men? You want to worship men? Everything about men, men, women, flesh, well, flesh indulgence brings flesh emptiness. Spiritual indulgence, spiritual, this is the only way it's going to happen, praying and reading the Word of God and being the Word of God and planting and watering and all glory, not men, not attention on men, not the applause, not the, not the entertainment, not, not, none of that. No, it's all going to be to God. God is the only one who deserves the glory. And so if He's not getting the glory, then it's not working out too well. All things He might have preeminence. I ask you this morning, and when those things are happening, can I tell you, we're growing. You are not only ready to grow, but you are personally growing. And you know what? It's up to each one of us to do this. May God help us. Again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.